Hot Springs Village Inside Out is a closer look at the greatness of Hot Springs Village, Arkansas and the surrounding areas, people, places, experiences. Hot Springs Village is one of the most beautiful places on earth. Join me, Randy Cantrell, and my co-host Dennis Simpson as we engage in weekly conversations to explore Hot Springs Village Inside Out. Today's show is brought to you by Central Arkansas's favorite radio station, KVRE. Find them on the dial at 92.9 FM. Stream them live at kvre.com. Remax of Hot Springs Village. The award-winning Remax of Hot Springs Village is the largest real estate office inside the village with over 30 full-time agents and support staff. Visit them to learn more about this beautiful place to solve your real estate needs. Call them today at 1-800-364-9007. Find them online at explorehsv.com. They are Remax of Hot Springs Village at 1-800-364-9007 or online at explorehsv.com. Ike Eisenhower State Farm. Ike and his award-winning team have been serving the insurance needs of folks all around Hot Springs Village since 1998. Ike has qualified for State Farm's President's Club, Chairman's Circle, and Hot Springs Village Insurance Agent of the Year. Call Ike Eisenhower State Farm today at 501-984-4100. That's 501-984-4100. Find them online at IkeEisenhower.net. Call them today for all your insurance needs because, like a good neighbor, Ike Eisenhower State Farm is there. Fresh from an airplane full of jet lag people, Mr. Chuck Miller. Chuck, how's it going, buddy? Actually, it's going good. I've got a good night's sleep after about a 24-hour flight and time, and which was shorter when I went over to Iceland, it was 30 plus hours because when you fly there, you fly to their international airport. Okay. Right, right, right. Well, to go to the next domestic city, you got to go 45 minutes into town to get their domestic airport. And then you got to fly to their domestic airport. So I went from Little Rock to Charlotte to JFK to Reykjavik to Akurai the first time, 30 hours. And how sleep deprived were you were when you got there? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, <clears throat> and I was going to say, um, I, I, we joked on another show, Randy and I did the other day, that we went from Little Rock to Chicago, Chicago to, to Zurich, and apparently in Zurich, um, United just throws your your bags out on the tarmac, and maybe Swiss Air picks them up, or maybe they don't. <laughs> Something like that in Reykjavik, I guess so. I have no idea because for two, three days, I didn't get my big bag. Uh, but it finally arrived. <laughs> it was funny because the hotel I was staying with, Hotel Berjaya in uh, Akadari, the the desk people would all say, no, it's not here yet. No, it's not here yet. So then one day they started clapping when I came in and they said, it's here, it's here, it's here. <laughs> so I walked around a corner. It wasn't my bags. <laughs> 
when when we were in Athens, they kept saying, well, you know, good news, we found your back. And it's all progressive disclosure. It's yeah. a little bit of good news, bad news every time, you know. And uh, <clears throat> it was, we found your bags. Great news. Okay, good. Well, but they didn't make the plane. Well, they'll make the plane tomorrow. Okay, yeah. well, we, great news. You, your bags have, well, okay, one of your bags have arrived. But the other one will be on the other plane later tonight. Oh, well, 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 now we forgot to say now the other one that gets here after that, well, it'll be too late to put it on a taxi and bring it to you. So we'll just bring it to you the next day, the day we're getting on the cruise. And Diane and I were like, we'll be there in 30 minutes. We're on our way. We'll come get it. Really? We, we, I understand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, and this sounds stupid. I know this sounds stupid. Travel tips from Dennis and Chuck. It sounds stupid. But when you when your bag is not with you. And you've come to the realization, I don't have my bag, I didn't have, and you think of all the things that you didn't have in your bag. It then comes to you that, you know what? I may have to go buy other clothes, right, Chuck? Yeah, man. And the clothes in that bag are my favorite clothes. The yeah. clothes I'm going to buy, they're not my favorite probably, well, right? Plus, in fact, when we were in Portugal last year, when I went to buy clothes, they don't have a correlation of sizes. They have so, metric versus... And they don't yeah. speak as much English. Now, in Iceland, I went, and they had the same correlation, so I could pick out my size. And the guy spoke perfect English, and I got it, and I was okay. The problem was I only had one bag, and I had to push all my dirty clothes into this little bag that they gave me so I could get home. Otherwise, there was no room in the one bag, because now I had two sets of clothes. <laughs> I had a missionary friend that went to uh, Cuba and I said, what's it like traveling to Cuba? And this has been 25 years ago. And he said, well, the missionaries there will tell you because the people are so poor, you take your bag and pack it completely full. And then when you get there, you give away a lot of your right. clothes and come back with anything you might have bought or whatever, but don't, don't take your very favorite shirt because you're yeah. going to be giving it away. You know, I've heard that story from other relatives way back when <coughs> and, and that's me. nice to do that well i think it's a wonderful idea but why would you fly to reykjavik in the middle of june or and wh what were you doing man well i went to play in a golf tournament called the arctic open it's been going it's this was its 38th year uh, i went because you can tee off and play at midnight at midnight I, at midnight. Now, the first day was a practice round, and I regular day, regular times, three thirty, I think. Right. Second day was about the same, and the third day, which was in the tournament, I teed off at ten p.m. I took a picture at midnight. I'm standing, or one of the fellows I was playing with took a picture, and the sun is over my right shoulder. And at twelve fifty-eight, it went down, and one twenty-three, it came up. Uh, so I have the, now the pleasure of saying I played. Midnight golf in Iceland. And that's why I went. And I, I went because I'm doing an article for Golf Vacations magazine really? about the tournament and about Akirai, the city, and then also Reykjavik. Um, but the tournament was really excellent. However, I couldn't hit the fairways for the stuff in front of it because here I play basically the forward tees because right. i'm old and i don't yeah. hit far. the senior had, tees as we might call it yeah thank you very much mm. uh, they had me playing from what would be equivalent between the whites and the blues oh there, really at six thousand yards well 
There was no way. 6,000 yards? Yeah. So that was only part of it. The fairways were nice and wide. Right. But if you didn't hit the fairway, you were in rough. Now, we think of rough as being four to five inches. Mm -hmm. Some of the rough there was planted 50 years ago, and it's not grass. It's two, three feet high of of brambles and everything else. It's really rough. It's the forest. You're hitting into the forest. It just happens to be next to the fairway. (laughs) (laughs) So you've got wide fairways, but if you don't make it to the fairway, you've got a problem, right? Yeah, and I thought about this because there were a lot of guys that asked me, you know, tell me about it when you come back. I'd sure like to go. Well, my comment is that if you're a good golfer, maybe you're a scratch to 10, mm-hmm. you probably would like the course because you could play it. Now, the fellows that I played with on two different groups, they were exceptionally nice to me because they would help me find the balls and say, no, no, hit from here and do this. Um I don't, I don't want to tell you what I shot, Dennis, because this is going out over the air. But let's just say my 20 handicap was way too small. Way too small, right? Well, let's okay, let's get straight to it. So we still stayed in double digits. We weren't in triple digits. Is that right? I'm sorry I can't hear you. <laughs> I will tell you, I shot 132. Really? I had some tens and it was, I didn't go there with the idea that I was going to win anything. I went there to do the story and it was superb. But also I rode in a cart. Everybody else, about 98% of the people all walk. They're in good shape. That that's what they do to play golf. Well, they're not, they're not 68 like you, right? Yeah. They're not 85 either. I think I was the oldest I think I didn't prove it, but I think I was the oldest player in the tournament. And what was really interesting, I don't know how they got it mixed up, but when I went in to sign up and all, they told me, yeah, oh, you're playing with these fellows and here's the handicap. You're a scratch. I said, what? <laughs> they they had zero. They forgot to put the two before the zero for my <laughs> handicap. Now so, I would have been they would have been shooting me if I had because <laughs> the guys that I was playing with were probably, you know, eight nines. Um yeah. they were wonderful people. I I just had a great time, except no, for go ahead. Oh no, I'm sorry, were, were they from all over or were they and, and yes, there were two hundred and forty-four participants. Two hundred of them were from Iceland, forty-four of them were from other parts of the world, not 44 individual ones. In fact, I'm going to get a hold of them. They're going to give me an update on how many countries. But uh, I met people from uh, Italy. I met them from, uh, of course, Iceland. I met them from the U.S., Canada. It's been going on, as I say, 38 years. I sat next to a fellow at the at the dinner. He would played in it 35 times. Now, he was from really? Iceland. Yeah. Wow. Um, it, they did a very excellent job. Uh, everything was organized. Uh, the dinner was excellent. The, the, everything they did, they they gave me two shirts with logos on it, a towel. That was part of it. it was four hundred and nineteen dollars to be in the tournament, and mm-hmm. it included three rounds of golf. It included two uh, Arctic Circle or Arctic yeah Arctic Open golf logo shirts. It included a towel. It included dinner. It included everything. 
The good news is because I'm doing the article, they caught me for that. That's the kind of deal I'm looking for. Yeah, do, they, do they need do they need skinny white guys from the village or because I yes, I, sure. Well, yeah. you know <laughs> that, that got, really that, that might be under 150. That might be where yeah. I'm at. You know, well, what uh, they got is they got a, a an old fat guy in me. <laughs> um, the other thing is um <clears throat> they I was fortunate because I work with the Tourist Bureau, Tourist Bureau of Iceland, and they caught me into six nights at the hotel. Oh, goodness. the hotel! It's very expensive in Iceland. Really, the hotel. The hotel I stayed in was a nice hotel. It wasn't. Uh, I don't know, what would I say? It definitely wasn't. Wasn't, wasn't the Four Seasons? No, no. Um, it was more like a large large Marriott courtyard. It okay. was four stories. You know, they had wonderful food. They had mm-hmm. wonderful people. My room was small and it was like close to 300 a night. Really? Yeah. And some of the bigger hotels that I looked at first to see where I could go, they were 320 euros a night. Ooh, which That's, for those of you, add about eight to 10% on that. Yeah. And it, yeah. it's, it, it's a very expensive country. Um, I took the cab up to the course, which was probably 10 minutes away, and it was like $15 each way. Really? Uh, food was expensive. The beer, I have no idea how, how much it was. I just signed the tab. But they gave <laughs> you a good pour. You know how yeah, you get yeah, something I mean, here? This yeah. was right up to the top. And the same thing with wine glass. I had a couple really? of wines at the hotel. I was amazed. I had heard it was expensive. But it was very expensive. Well, let, let's come. Okay, two things here. Number one, okay. I want to talk golf for just a second, right. and, and we need to do some five mile high stuff for some people. Uh, and then I want to talk travel because that's kind of the the gist of it. But but okay, so you're saying a twenty plus scratch or a twenty scratch or a twenty handicap? 20 or handicap. Explain that to the average Joe Blow. Well, you have an index that that you put down your scores, and through the USGA or the uh, Royal and ancient, they figure out a handicap for you. Okay. okay now, now a handicap, and I, I went maybe the 10 mile high view. What is okay. par? What is par? I mean, okay. Yeah. Par is seven. And this course was 71. Okay. So they figure how much you should be handicapped in order to get to 71. So, so now let me, let me go for the 71 and I'm, I'm trying to explain to the no, non-golfer. No, so, so, uh, a. a, a for here in the village, Ponce, a 4,500 yard monster, which I think is a very, very, very coarse. You get five chances to, to get it on the green. If you get it in the hole in five shots, that's par. That's par for the course, right? Par so for that you, hole. For that hole, excuse me. So you're saying all 18 holes, some of them as long as 6,000 yards. No, the, 70. The I'm sorry. Course- the course was 6,000 yards. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, hell, 6,000 yards, I'd still be playing. <laughs> it, uh, the, it, it's all in meters also. That's oh. really fun to, you know, I'm mm. trying to figure it. And I, here I play with my GPS, tells me how far. And I play mm-hmm. in yards. And mm-hmm. I play from the front tees. Mm-hmm. There I had no GPS. I had meters. And I played from semi-close to halfway to the blues. So it made a difficult thing. Yeah. But I having said that, Dennis, I cannot say anything but good things about the tournament, about the people, how they handled Oh, I shipped my clubs. Very expensive. Really? But 
it was over 500 bucks to ship them and come back. But if I had tried to carry them, it would have been absolutely impossible. First off, they would have lost them along with my clothes. Well, but how do you, how do you, before, before they even get a chance to lose them, how do you get them through TSA? You've got a, a, a big tube with oh, a void in it. And it's, yeah, I got it. I got it. It would, it would not have been possible. So anybody that goes, I would say you ship your clubs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which ship sticks been a great thing. They picked them up at the house. They delivered them to the golf club in, in Iceland. They picked them up from Iceland and they're on their way back. Now they go through customs. They do all that expensive. Yes, but do not try to carry them. And let's Particularly- give, let's give a shout out against ship sticks, ship sticks. Yes. Okay. As okay. in shipping sticks of, you know, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. I got it. And yeah, they yeah. ship all kinds of stuff, but they're very, very much into golf. The other thing is because they have two airports, no, don't ever try it. Now, there is talk that they're going to have direct flights from U.S., probably JFK, into Akaday, which would solve about five hours because wow. you don't, you get into Keflek International. You have to take a bus for 45 minutes into the the domestic airport. Mm -hmm. Then you have, don't know, you go into the bus terminal. Then you take another bus over for five minutes to get to the domestic airport. Then you fly in. It's just a hassle because tourism 20 years ago was basically nil. Mm -hmm. Now it's getting big. And so they're looking at, you know, this and that's, Iceland Air, I I only have good things to say about them. They had very nice planes. And uh, I would say this for the single gentleman. I didn't know looking myself. But no, no, no. Just very, yeah. very attractive flight attendants uh-huh. in their uniforms uh-huh. and very attentive. The other thing that's so nice about it is everybody speaks English. Really? Now, everybody. Some of them, the cab drivers only could speak, hello, how are you, where? Mm-hmm. But I never had a problem with English. And they also speak Danish because up until 44, I think it was, mm-hmm. they were with the Danes. Right. So they had to learn Danish in school. They learn English. There's a lot of people there that are not Icelandic. Right. They have four, they, in the country, there's 27,000 Poles and they're working in all kinds of jobs. Really? I met Romain. Romanians, Greeks, whatever they—they're there to work because it's much better than in their country. I—it wasn't lost on me when we were going through Greece and Montenegro. One of the gentlemen we worked with was uh, a uh, second engineer. He actually was a tour guide for us, but he was a second engineer on one of the cruise ships and on some industrial ships. And he actually—I thought this was rather clever. He was going to a maritime college where you know they teach you mm-hmm. how to work on ships and and how to be an engineer there and one of those years he was at sea on these cruise ships or on an industrial ship and so instead of having to go four years of college they gave him a year of credit for actually being on a boat and doing the job which wouldn't kill any of us these days would it so that people would know actually a little apprenticeship program how to do something before Amen. you get on the boat right uh, but but I say all that to say one of the things, and, and for those of you that aren't interested in golf, thanks for staying with us for 15 to 18 minutes. Here's what I want to ask. What do you learn when you travel, Chuck? What do you learn about people? Oh, I'm not shy, so I try to talk with everybody. Um, I, I try to learn about their culture. 
I try mm-hmm. to learn about who they are, what they've done, their families, uh, the area. Uh, I've done that since I bummed around Europe in 1960, and I decided that that's something I wanted to do. I got two more countries coming up to make a hundred countries. Well, what are the new? What are the two? What are they going to be? Egypt and United Arab Emirates in October. Yeah. The UAE. Who, who is this golf in UAE? No, Myrna and I are going to go along, and her daughter and son-in-law are going to go too. Um, just, I've, I've wanted to go there. We were supposed to go there in April and mm-hmm. then I got sick last year on the ship and they quarantined me for mm-hmm. six days. Myrna said, there's no way and you know where that mm-hmm. I'm going to Egypt and have something happen. Cause I don't speak the language that so, but then we talked to her daughter and son-in-law and they said, Hey, they'd like to go too. So that's what we're doing. Well, when we were in Spain and, and I found out I had COVID after we had had our whole trip and everything. My sister asked Diane, she said, so are you just flying home without him? And she was like, what are you? What? <laughs> Number one, I'm going to put, put somebody who knows a little Spanish and I'm going to put him on the plane, put her on the plane. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to get on the plane and leave him in a hospital. Uh, no, or not, you know? Yeah. So, I, there's a lot to be said for traveling with other people. Absolutely. One thing I would mention off the subject here, um, when you travel overseas, travel around the world, you definitely need travel insurance and there's two sets you can buy all the sets you want for insurance but there's a a company i think it's called ea and i found out about it they will do everything but cover the cost of the planes or your cruise but if you go in the hospital in a foreign country Mm -hmm. once you get in the hospital you call them and they take care of every expense from then on really and it's it was like 150 bucks a year, a year, a year. Now yeah. I, we have spent four or five thousand on. No, maybe not on every ship, but I figure it's about 20 percent. If you spend ten thousand on a cruise, 20 percent is going to cost you for your regular insurance. Yeah, this is 150 dollars a year now. Two oh two nineteen. I got the boss just told me, um, but. It's really worthwhile. I'm using it from now on. I just cover what it costs of the cruise because they won't cost cover that. But everything right. else, if you get in the hospital, and when my wife got sick, not Myrna, but my previous wife who died, it would have cost us forty to fifty thousand dollars because we had a nurse come to the hospital bed, and she came with us all the way to home to our bed in California. All really? the flights, everything. So insurance, please, if you're going to travel, please check out insurance. Well, here's here's what came. I mean, we got travel insurance on our airfare and our uh, right. our cruise ship, but we bought it through the cruise line. I, yeah. You know, we, you know, we had no idea. So EA, when it's obviously there's I, a big company called EA Electronic Arts. That's not it. But yeah. it's probably EA Insurance is my guess. I think it's EA. I don't have my wallet here right with well, me. The, but... let, the, let the warden tell you who it is in here in a minute, and we'll see, okay? <laughs> hey, listen, t- tell, well, me more, tell me more about the people. Tell me What what do you learn when you travel? And I, I distracted you when you were talking about going to Egypt and whatever. But yeah. what do you learn about people? What do you learn about the world? Um. People everywhere are the same. They have a they have needs, food, clothing, friendship, fellowship. There's other stuff we won't mention. Uh, but fellowship, yeah, fellowship. But if you open up to them, they will open up to you. 
I've always tried to know, hello, how are you? What is your name? In the language I was visiting, because once you do that, they will then feel much more comfortable with you. And then I just ask them, you know, like the, I met two police officers at the hotel. I went, I went to take a picture. There's a big picture on the wall of people that had hiked up to the mountain the first time and were having champagne. And it was like a four-hour hike in the middle of winter. Well, these two ladies were sitting there. So I said, do you mind if I take a picture? And could you could I take it with you in it to give perspective of the, of the picture? Sure. It turns out uh, we got talking and they were police officers. So I asked them, they don't carry guns in Iceland. When they had the big meeting here a month or two ago from all the foreign ministers or presidents in, mm -hmm. in the G7 or G4. Yeah, what the hell it is. Um, that was the, one of the first times they allowed the military or the police to carry guns because they were protecting that group. But other than that, they don't. Um, but you learn about them. You learn their hardships. You know, I learned, you know, they got to work hard, particularly these kids that come from other foreign, foreign countries that are working there during the summer. You know, we are so, excuse me, I started to say something. I we know what so, you were going to say, and you're exactly right. Yeah, we are so spoiled. Uh, compared to these other countries. And when I see the kids, they're working their tail off, going to school, you know, working jobs at night and all. And I come back and I see kids like us who want to have their hands out. I want to slap them. Let's not get into politics because I get really wild on it. But mm -hmm. you learn about the people, you learn about the country. I always recommend if you go to a city, if they have it, take the hop on, hop off, which gives you I, I, I sat on it for 90 minutes, and we went to 16 different stops. I just stayed on it so I got a feel for what I wanted to see. Mm -hmm. Then I went back, and that's a great way. And talk to the bus driver if you can, because the bus well, driver knows. They know everything. They do, and the hop-on, hop-off is basically a buffet for the entire city. And yes. for those of you that don't know, it's, it's typically, typically, it's a large red double-decker yep. type bus. Uh, and you know, you're, I'm like you, if I want to go and see what the entire area is about, go sit up on the top, yep. get you a nice view, make sure you're not too hemmed in or whatever, go sit, you know, nobody around or whatever, and just ride the route because these yep. buses come by about every 30 minutes. Exactly. And, and so if, if you can ride the route 90 minutes and make the whole loop, then you come back and go, Hey, I think I want to go down here. Or I think I want to go so there. So then when the bus stops at that location, the next time you hop off and you see it and then it. You get back on. Uh, I did that. I didn't have as many chances to do it as I wanted, but I went to one in Reykjavik called Perlin, P-E-R-L-A-N. Amazing. Amazing. Look up Perlin.is and you'll see it's a geodetic dome on the fifth floor that is all glass, and that's where the restaurant is. And you can walk around, see the entire city. They have a lava show. They have a... a um, northern light show they have a volcanic show they have the planetarium all this in the one building and you can get a ticket to go see everything it's <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. so yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. i can go to like a restaurant that's a glass geodesic dome yep and i can see the aurora borealis through the dome if you go in the winter well i mean if, if they're if they're having it that night right yes yes i mean it's it's just a whole 360 degree glass view 
How, how tall is the building? Five or six stories? Five stories. Five stories. Five stories. Plus whatever they have underneath. Yeah. Well, I was going to I was gonna make these observations and you tell me. Okay. These are travel tips. Uh, number one, you typically find young people. They know English, but everybody in Reykjavik seemed to know English yes. pretty well, right? Uh, number two, we, we, and I'm looking back in my mind, I'm kind of looking back at one of the uh, Facebook posts that we did. Uh, where we asked people for travel tips. And one lady was like, you know, make sure and get plenty of euros. Well, I went to Spain and had euros and nobody wanted them. So I used my card everywhere. I go to Greece and everybody wants euros and nobody wants to use your card. So it varies, but where guess I was going. What? Uh-huh. Guess, guess what? I never exchanged a penny. I used my credit card for everything. I never had to exchange any. I never had any Icelandic krona. Really? Well, okay. So this goes to one of the other points I had. I, you know, one of the ladies on Facebook simply said, you know, you don't want to offend the locals. Don't do something that, that is vulgar to them or whatever, right. or just out of profile. I must have tried three different times to hand my card to somebody in Spain, and you would have thought I was trying to kill them. And I thought, what's the problem? I would hand my card over and they would go, no, 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 tap, tap. Oh, you, would, you, you mean your credit card? Yeah, I would try and hand my debit yes. card yeah. over to them. And they're yeah. like, no, 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 no. We're not going to touch it. Because obviously, COVID only comes on credit cards and debit cards. Yep. But and but they always had me tap. So they had gone, one of their policies and procedures was tap everything. Well, I go to Greece and I'm a little snake bit. And I'm like, okay, don't, you know. And they're <laughs> like, oh, sure, we'll, we'll swipe it. Right. Okay. So, you know. It, it's it's a lot of different cultures in a lot of different areas. Well, right? I think that's the thing. I because I've been in ninety eight countries and there ninety eight of them are different. But if you if you ask, in fact, I ask about tipping yeah. because I I tipped the cab driver and I thought he, his his expression was, "What's that?" And why? Why would you give me more than what I charge exactly. you? Exactly. So I'm already I, ripping your head off. Why do you want to pay me more? So I didn't I didn't ever tip anybody anything else and there was never a problem. It's not something they do in Iceland. It's not something they do in Greece either and it took me some adjustment and we we went from Greece back over to Italy. Uh, and uh, when we got to Italy, you know, I've seen these skits the whole time. I've seen these these skits where, you know, the the French waiter comes up and you say, I'll have the so-and-so. And he's like, no, 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 you do not want that. I will not get that for you. You know, <laughs> we had we were in, in Bologna and we had a lovely little waitress come out and we were we had the tortellini. And, and I mean, we ordered some really great stuff. And I said, honey, do you want could, we're usually just beer drinkers or something. And I said, honey, do you, do you want a glass of wine? And she was like, yeah, well, maybe we'll do a Merlot. Low, you know, and the lady, the waitress was like, no, 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 no. I not bring you Merlot. I bring you good <laughs> Italian wine, not yeah. Merlot. Like, like we had spit on her shoes or something. Yeah. And I realized in my mind, I thought, okay, did I offend her? No, she's just emphatic about her opinion. And she wanted the best for me. I right? understand. When I'm having something to eat for lunch in, in the Perlin upstairs in the 360 degree room. Yeah. Um, I went over to a very nice little area that where you could order food, and I'm looking at the menu, and I, I don't know what the hell I want. So I'll, I'll have a pizza. Well, this girl who was from – she was from Romania. She, she said, no, 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 no. You don't have pizza here. I said, I, no, that's okay. What would you it, suggest? It's on the so menu. I, it's on the menu. She, yeah. So she said, have this camembert cheese, which they put with, with like, uh, crust on it, and they deep fry it, 
and then it's with bread and slices of uh, ham. It was fantastic, and I was appreciative that she would do that yeah, and tell yeah. me. Well, and I, but I'm just thinking that I don't know that that's what I'd give an 85 year old guy. But hey, easy now. <laughs> <laughs> was she selling insurance too? Was she? Yeah, no, but she could have sold me anything. Oh, I right across the street from where I was in Akaday, there was uh, the largest water park in Iceland. So I said, well, I want to go over there and take a picture, maybe use yeah. it in the article. Sure. So I went over, and the guy says, no, you can't come in today. I said, why? He said, we have a swim meet going on. It's not open to the public. I said, well, I'm a golf and travel writer. I just want to take a picture. I may use it in my article, da-da-da-da-da-da. So with that, there's this young lady comes up, and she said, it'll be okay. So she walks me in there. They were having the national championships swim meet, and – it was amazing. And she said, well, oh, those two people over there, those are former Olympic swimmers that are the coaches. And one was a female and one was, who was Icelandic, and one was a Serbian who swam for Iceland 30 years ago or whatever. So I got a picture with both of them. But people were, they would say, hey, can I see? Oh, come, 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 come do this, do this. I, I, again, because I'm not bashful. And if you're bashful in life, it's always more difficult, I think. You may Not, miss a thing or two. You don't you don't have to be brazen. You don't have to be cocky. I always say, excuse me, I'm wondering if you might help me or da-da-da-da. And then it opens it up. Traveling mm. is a wonderful experience. I I found that out in 1960 when I bummed around Europe. Um, in those days, you had to go across the borders. You had to use your passport. Now mm -hmm. it's you know, anybody can go anywhere. But the people were very gracious and i learned so much and i learned that again americans are spoiled we're spoiled we are we are pampered and we a lot of things go our way to be yep. frank about it we're um, very fortunate in life we, we're extremely fortunate if, if you're born in this great country coming up on july the 4th you, you don't have a clue how great you have it uh, you know we <clears throat> do we have problems absolutely every place has problems mm -hmm. uh it was not lost on me. I, I uh, at one point, and we're, we're going around Santorini and the Greek islands. Mm -hmm. It's just stinking gorgeous. Yeah. We get off the main track, which I can't wait to do many times and get away from the crowds. Uh, but I realized it's just a beautiful world. And and you say people are the same everywhere. Let me give you what the, what people the same everywhere are. They are generally extremely gracious. They are generally extremely honest and extremely trustworthy and and want to help you want to yes. be your friend yeah. uh you you really especially if you work in hospitality but you really have to kind of just realize that's that's the gist I, I think part of the problem is is that when we travel we think okay well they're out to get me and they're looking at me funny and they're going no they don't they in greece they're happy to have you they're they're happy to have you and in greece this year they're having our taxi driver told us they're having record tourism in greece they expect 30 million 30 wow. million people to come to greece and visit the islands and visit athens and the ruins and whatever and and that's the largest number they've ever had. It would behoove them economically to be nice to people, but sure. they were just biblically couldn't ask them to be any nicer. Could not have asked them to be any nicer. Uh, I told you about our lost bags. Uh, they called every hour, like you said. They called every hour, and they said, "And uh, if if 
I'm thinking when the phrase it's Greek to me, it was really Greek to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm imagining that Icelandic. What is it? What, what's the, what's, is it a crone? What, what is the, what's Krona. the, the Krona. Krona. yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It, it, you talk about a different world, but, but the, the people could not be more gracious, could not be more helpful. I got to mm-hmm. ask. So for Reykjavik and I, which is an international city, I get it, mm-hmm. but the the place that had the golf court had the the golf tournament right they realize you know we're having an international event you better put your best foot forward my gut feeling is that they do that all the time really yeah um because i was in the hotel i went to a restaurant i had a really really good meal in a really funky little restaurant it was a Hostel restaurant, and there were upstairs for rooms and all, but it was really great. I mean, it had all the atmosphere in the world. I had a great meal. I watched the people. I people watch everywhere. Um, Akurai is only 15,000, people where mm-hmm. I played the golf course. Right. It's the second largest city in Iceland. Really? Yeah. The largest one is Reykjavik, and Reykjavik is like – L.A. in it, the city of L.A. isn't real big, but you talk about everything that's around it. Everybody mm-hmm. says that's L.A. Yeah. Well, Reykjavik is the same. I heard, and I, I, I haven't confirmed it, but it's supposedly like the city is forty thousand, but surrounding it, like you're in the same city, it's like two hundred fifty, seventy thousand. Yeah, the MTA, as they like to say, the metropolitan. The, yes, the yes. Technical area, and, and the whole whole country is only three hundred twenty thousand. You know, I, and well, when we were in Montenegro, it was like six hundred thousand, and they said of that six hundred thousand, that roughly, roughly half don't live there more than than six months because they're on cruise ships or they're on. You know, it, you talked yeah. you talked about the other people that the Greeks that were coming to Iceland to work because the conditions were better. I can see that. I can see yeah. that a lot. Yeah, once you get out of the of the cities or the tourist areas, you find. Um, that it isn't necessarily poverty in their eyes, but it's poverty in our eyes because they don't have, you know, three bedroom, two bath house with everything. Um, the, the the rooms, and I think you may have found this too, although you're much more fluent than I am. Um, the hotels in most of these countries are, the rooms are small. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like going, although we, when we, when I, it was in Hungary four or five years ago. I think the room was half as big as my house, but I was being comped in because I was writing a story. Right. But most of the time, like the the beds were about two thirds the size of a single bed. Uh, you know, I I had to rent in Reykjavik, and I had a little. It was called a cozy little apartment. Cozy, cozy. yeah. <laughs> Cozy got it. It probably didn't have six, seven hundred square feet, and it was a uh, hundred and seventy-eight dollars a night. Really? So, no, have we talked before about the Big Mac index? Have we discussed that? I don't think so. Do you know what the Big Mac index is? No. 
Well, in countries around the world, you know, we were in Spain and a huge jug, I mean, a liter and a quarter jug of Jaeger, which is like liquid gold here, was $24. Well, here it's, it's 45 to 55 mm-hmm. And they discussed the taxes and whatever. And we, we were in the supermarket and they had a really nice bottle of wine that they was recommended for $2 and, or two two ninety nine euros, you know, mm-hmm. and and I realized that I thought, okay, well, do they just have really cheap liquor taxes? Do they have whatever? And there is a Big Mac index that says, okay, how much would a Big Mac be every country in the world? Uh-huh. And a Big Mac in, in the U.S., on average, big place, right? But on average, uh, the Big Mac is something like $5.15. Well, in Montenegro, a Big Mac was $3.36. So expensive. Exactly. So I was wondering, I think in Reykjavik, and I did see at one time that Iceland was one of the top 10 or 15 Big Mac deals. It's it's not cheap at all. But if if you're wondering, travelers, if you're wondering how expensive is thing are things going to be, look up the Big Mac index referring to the Big Mac uh, McDonald's sandwich. If you think about it, Big Macs are sold around the world. Is the price the yeah. same? No, it's got different elements and different inflational interest every time. Was was the euro? Did you see euros in in in? Uh, no, they don't use euros. It's all yeah. kroner. All kroner. Hmm. Yeah. Well, well, when, let me when, let me when, give you two quick thoughts. Sure, please. Big Mac. When I was in, oh gosh, I was twenty one, twenty two, maybe. I ran A and W drive-ins in California, and a McDonald's opened up. Two miles down the road, I said, that place will never make it. It was 19 <laughs> cents. 19 cents. The second thing, food and taxes. I asked about it. I had to buy clothes, okay? Uh-huh. Food, there's a 17, I think it's 7 or 17% tax. I think it's 7. And on clothes, etc., cetera, yeah. 24%. 24%. Yeah, now it's included in the bill, so it's not like it's ten dollars and they had twenty four four percent. I bought uh, some underwear, I bought a pair of pants, I bought just general stuff that I needed, and it was two hundred and twenty dollars. Here it would have been maybe forty at McDonald at uh, Walmart, forty or fifty bucks. Really? Yeah, but. They, but the, uh, you know, I'm not favored of this, but they have a socialized program. They have healthcare and they have schools. Um, it's all paid for, um, but they tax the hell out of them. That, well, you know, nothing, there is no such thing as a free lunch. Yeah, it comes out somewhere. There, there's a friend of mine that uh, Ruin Johansson uh, from Amsterdam, and a wonderful guy. I just love him, and I met him in, in when when he was an uh, exchange student here. And uh, Rune was saying that, you know, Amsterdam is like where Philips Electronics and a lot of others right. are. Um, and he said that they had free health care, free, free health care mm-hmm. and free college. Right. And that the income tax was 51 percent. So you get to take which half of the dollar you make and yeah. send it wherever you want. But yeah. you got free college, provided yeah. you got kids or you went uh-huh. to college and you got free health care. Provided you get sick. So anyway, it, it's just, it's never lost on me. I'm always fascinated uh, how everybody does things a little different. And it's not to be different, but, you know, from from the electrical wiring and other in, in Europe to uh, the, the way the ships, I mean, 
It's just different because everything, everything is different. Everything. Speaking of ships, there were three cruise ships in Akadai. Really? Which I thought was amazing. They were, there's a group I met. They were from, started in Rotterdam, and they were on 24 days going around, and they were in Akurai for a day or so. I've cruised a lot. I've cruised 34 or five times. And the first story I ever wrote for anybody was hotels that move, and that's what a cruise ship is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't get to really get to the people as much, but you get to see what the ship or what the place is like. It's a buffet uh, again. Yeah. yeah. And, and for elderly people that are, ha, may have problems getting around, that's a great way to go. Cause you can go on. Not, I don't do it that way cause I'm healthy enough, but you know, I see people with canes and walkers mm-hmm. and all that. Well, they can go see the world and yeah. be taken care of. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, yeah. and I was really surprised to see the three ships there in Ekadai. Well, when we were at Santorini, which everything I see, you know, once you go someplace, all you see is the ads for it, you know, after yep. whatever. When we were at Santorini, we were one of the cruise ships, had 2,400 passengers, about 800 crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were a good to mid-sized ship. And right behind us was one of the virgin behemoths, you know. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, there were seven cruise ships that day. So there could have been about 25,000 people in yes. disembarking on this little town city. And of course, you, you walked up to the town, didn't you? You know, the- you haven't seen that show yet, but uh, <laughs> Diane today wore some white uh, linen pants that she looks great in. She's a beautiful girl. And uh, we got off and us and 24,000 of our closest friends were trying to get ride the gondolas to the top. Yeah. And it's about 680 feet to the top. And the waiting line was two hours and something. And I walked around to the side and I told Diane, I said, you know, the donkeys are only 10 euros. I'm not riding a donkey in these white linen pants. I'm not going to. And a little Oriental lady hopped up on one of the donkeys with a dress on and Diane went, okay, I'm getting on the donkey. Here we go. And, and frankly, and, and this is a travel tip, I think. Don't be afraid to go the, the alternate route. It can be a yes. whole lot more fun. Yes. I, I guarantee you, we have more memories and photos of going up the hill with the donkeys than we would have riding the gondola. Is that fair? Yep. I understand perfectly. I did it there. Same thing. Yeah. However, looking down over the side of the mountain Ooh. when you're riding the donkey, that Ooh. isn't a real good experience. Ill-advised. Ill-advised. <laughs> and and I, I told on one of the other stories, I did a show with Randy this last week where uh, my donkey you know, and it's a it's a staircase. It's a mm-hmm. winding serpentine ride up to the top. And um, uh, my donkey wanted to race up to the first corner and have a uh, pit stop, shall we say. <laughs> and uh, Niagara Falls was going on behind me. And Diane is slowly trotting up the hill. And when, <laughs> when my donkey gets through with the Niagara Falls intimina- impersonation, he goes racing up. But uh, to try and catch her again, and I'm just hanging on them. <laughs> Once again, the alternate route can make yes. some of the best trips. It really can. They really do. It's because you're doing, in a lot of instances, what the native people have done for a thousand years. Yeah. And there's a reason why they did it. There's a yeah. reason why they did it. it it's low. Because they didn't have gondolas. <laughs> they didn't have gondolas. It didn't It didn't cost a lot. It's low right. impact. The donkey knows the way. He knows his way back down. He knows his way back up. It's... You know, the donkey gets a euro or two of it. I'm pretty sure. I mean, he gets a cut, you know. Yeah, he gets a little extra hay or whatever. 
<laughs> I, I, you know, I've been very fortunate, Dennis, over the years, having been able to travel both for business and pleasure, mostly business because I could have never afford it otherwise. Um, but you learn a lot. You, you learn, learn a lot. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to make a observation. Uh, we got to run and I've got, hang on, I've got another one coming up here in just a second, but I want to make note to you real quick, my friend, you do one thing that I know the natives appreciate. Okay. I could have walked in to Italy. I could have run, ridden the train from Raviana mm-hmm. to Bologna. Yeah. I could have done that. But when we got there, I heard that it was Raviana. Mm-hmm. And when we got to Bologna, it was Bologna. And I realized that that's a big deal to the guest. I mean, to the, to the, to the natives. Yes, and I hear is. you say, I hear you say Reykjavik. And I know you're, you're doing your best to say it the way they say it, not because you're trying to be authentic or anything, but because it, that's more pleasing to their ears. Yes. You know, you're are you from, there. are you from Litarak? No, yeah. I'm from Little Rock. And and it's amazing how the same words with a different dialect. And and I noticed that you pick up on the dialect and you kind of feed it back to them. Is that a travel tip? Well, yes and no. I speak seven languages. I Do think I told now? you this before. No. Yeah, yeah English and six in gibberish. <laughs> I have I have an uncanny ear for the the speech not the words but the speech so i don't try to use that on them but i try to hear what they say like i was i asked and asked how do you say thank you well it took me a long time to get even close it's it's yeah and i had it once i saw it written out i could get it a little better but i didn't it's a difficult language because it's not like anything else um but I pick up enough words that I try to do that. And I, I say that to people that travel, please do that. It will make the people that you talk with feel that you really are interested in them and their country. So which, I'm sorry, no, which will, I'm sorry. Which, no, and, and they'll appreciate it. And yeah. that opens up the door. Well, I thought that anyone understood English if you said it loud enough and <laughs> yeah. slow enough. <laughs> I remember seeing some some lady doing that someplace, and when she finished the the little gal, it was she. She said, "That's okay. I speak English." <laughs> <laughs> and English now is pretty well in most countries. It, it particularly, is, as you said earlier, with the young people because they learn it in school. It is, and I was surprised uh, to put your international travel fears at ease. Uh, we're at the uh, Parthenon in Athens. Uh, we're in uh, Paris. We're in, I, I can go down a list of places. Every place we went had Greek and English. Yes. It, it didn't have Spanish. It didn't have Portuguese. It didn't have German. It didn't have French. It had German, uh, Greek and English. And and when we were in Italy, it had Italian and English. It's, it's becoming a universal language and I can see why. When I bummed around Europe in 1960, French was the international language. Oh, really? Well, because French had a lot of colonies and dominated yes, the society. And, you yeah. know, Americans weren't traveling. And then now you go and it's it's English, except <laughs> except it's a little reverse when you go to Miami. It's Spanish with English. <laughs> Spanglish. Spanglish. See, look at you. Look at you. And I was going to say one other thing. We, we talked about this just a little bit. The the gist of it is, and I told Diane, and she just 
it 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 was a I could see the gears turning and her learning this. Every language is a song. Mm-hmm. Every language is a song. They have a different patter. They have a different pace. They have a different meter. They have a different tone. They have different ranges of of emphasis or de-emphasis or laxness. And when you learn that song, it gets a lot easier, right, Chuck? Yep, yep, it does, because you're now part of them, and it's easier for you to say it. And even and, and, and I do speak enough Spanish to get by. My grammar is very poor, but I had high school Spanish, and that's all I've ever had. But when I go, I try to, because when you do that, that opens the door. I learned it because Audrey, my wife that passed away, loved to shop. Well, I would say to the shopkeeper, amigo, venga aquí. Tiene usted un sacapunta? Cuando usted tiene un sacapunta, es posible escribir números pequeños. Usted tiene números más grandes. And let me translate. Where's the cheap stuff? Do you have a clearance aisle? Yeah, that's about it. Because <laughs> what I was saying is it would, and they would look at me like, uh, sacapunta is a, a a pencil sharpener. I would say, if you have a pencil sharpener, you can write <laughs> smaller numbers with the point because your numbers are too big, and that would open up the negotiations. The open and and let's be frank, they don't tip a lot of places, but they negotiate a lot yes. of places. And it's interesting in in other places, uh, they don't negotiate in the world. Hmm. Uh, it's really surprising. Although I was in Morocco and I went with Billy Casper and some pros and his wife and all. And we went to a rug merchant who's the biggest rug merchant in, in uh, the, the city. And we went to his house for dinner. He had dinner for 20 of us. Okay? Wow. Wow. So the next day we go to his to his uh, pl- place of, of rugs, four stories. And I, I said, and Billy says, "Now you got to be sure to negotiate with him." I said, "Billy, look what he did. I'm not going to negotiate." He said, "If you don't negotiate with him, he'll be upset." Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the custom. You go to the next country, they don't do that. Mm-hmm. So you have to really kind of learn what's what is done, as you said, and you don't want to say things that are wrong or uh, bad, but it's very easy to do when you don't know the words. And 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 your your point person, your travel guide, your your tour guide, your bus driver, your your taxi driver, they will inform you on these things. Yeah, just ask. Sure. You'll say, well, I, should I negotiate? Should we haggle? Should we? And they're, oh, no, no, no. Or, yeah, sure, sure, of course you haggle. And the funny thing is, is that inside of that, there's even politeness. Well, it's 100 euros. Well, I'll give you 50. 50? What are you, are you trying to insult me here? Yeah, yeah. You but it's all a game. Yeah, 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 yeah. A game we don't know anything about. I'll give you a good example. In Morocco, Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to buy some of the slippers with the t- with the tips that circle up. I don't know what they're called, but they're stylish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I was going to buy one. So he gave me a price, and I said, "Well, what if I buy seven of them?" And the guy got mad at me because I was trying to get a better price. He he said, "Go," and I was really? in the in the souk, which is just a little small section that you have everything he had the shoes and he said out he was mad at me and so any, I, any american business that you said how much for seven? Oh, seven. Ooh, absolutely yeah. so it goes back really? to learning what's you know the custom there in the, in the country you're in 
Wow. I tell you what, Chuck, we're going to have to have you back again. And, you know, Chuck, 85, absolutely fascinating, absolutely traveling the world. You're my kind of role model, buddy. <laughs> well, you're kind of mine because you you figured out how the hell to get me on this thing because I don't know deadly about computers. Dennis, I always appreciate the opportunity. It's wonderful, Chuck. We're, I promise yeah. we're, we're going to have you back again, I promise. Yeah, and and I'm happy to, to tell anybody if they – you know, if they want to get a hold of me, just go to the travel chuck at the traveling guy.com and send me an email. I'll be happy. Cause I figure if I can help somebody travel and have a fun time, I love to do that. I think that's great, Chuck. And we'd love to. So tell you what, we're going to come back and just do a traveling show. Okay. Sure. Pleasure. When? I, I don't know. We'll have to think it up. Well, come on. What, what I, I I'm get, traveling a lot. I can't just get when I can get your when I can get your PC to work again. Yeah. Well, I, I thought maybe you could come over here. But, I could uh, do that. I could do that. No. Well, I've talked to my wife about having you do that because you've told me how much less expensive it is for TV, etc. <laughs> uh, well, we're we're gonna, we're gonna help you cut the cord too here in a while. Okay. Yeah. I thank you. And well, we're looking forward to having you speak to our United Methodist men because you can help them too. Yeah, there seems to be a bunch of older guys who want to cut the cable. Who knew, right? Yeah, it's Hard amazing. Two hundred dollars a month for for a cable. Yeah, it's a crazy crazy world. It is for if Hot you, Springs Village inside. I'm sorry, Chuck. Go ahead. No, I'm just going to say, if you come and help us do that, then we can travel more. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> what, if I can help you do that and you can travel more, you can call me or we can do video from across, wherever you're at. How about that? Ooh, uh, Chuck, video from Egypt with Chuck. Now we're talking. Now, I'd be happy to do it, but you'd have to sure as heck show me how. <laughs> I'll pack you up one phone with nothing else on it. Okay, go and do this. Whatever it is, that'd be good. Dennis, always a pleasure. Thanks always so much for having me. Thanks, Chuck. Glad you made it back safe and sound. For Hot Springs Village Inside Out and Chuck Miller. We will see you next time. Thanks for watching and listening to Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a weekly podcast starring Hot Springs Village, Arkansas. Visit the website at hotspringsvillageinsideout.com.